Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50% to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hello everybody out there, welcome to Roll to Cast. This is a very special and uh, bittersweet episode of Roll to Cast. Uh, We're here as ourselves for the very last episode of Going Mainstream. Uh, This is the Going Mainstream post-season scream sheet, Mm -hmm. uh, where we're going to have a look back at the season and... uh, uh, how it went and the response <laughs> to it and a little bit of a look ahead to what's coming up next as well. Will we be graded on this, sir? Uh, uh, yes, but you've already failed, so oh. don't worry. <laughs> uh, I, I am Phil. I, I was the referee uh, and storyteller for uh, Going Mainstream. Uh, I'm Ellen. I played Cassie Glass uh, and I'm a fool. <laughs> <laughs> and I am Sean and I played a junk in mm. this Podcast. Uh, I'm Chris, and I played Uncle Bob. Fantastic uh, fan favorite, Uncle Bob. Yeah. <laughs> yes, in the past tense. No. Yeah. <laughs> One. Yeah. So wait, hang on. If you're listening to this and haven't listened to the season, what are you doing? Go back. And two spoilers. We're going to talk <laughs> yeah. about the season in full. So yeah, obviously going to be spoilers. Obviously, there's going to be spoilers. And so. three out of two deaths. One <laughs> was met with universal. Crying, yeah. Everyone's like, no! <laughs> and the other was met with silence. Everyone um, was sort of like, yeah, I kind of expected yeah. junk, junk to do that. <laughs> that. That checks out. But we're not yeah. bitter. No, uh, no, no, no. No one's mad. It's not a competition. <laughs> well, that does that does segue me into what I first wanted to talk about, which is with your general feelings about how it all went and how it all turned out. Oof. 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 Well, it's kind of interesting, especially I don't know. Ellen, I think you're in the same boat with me. This is that's the very first time I have started and finished a campaign of any sort of RPG. No, I'm in the exact same yes, boat. We have a paddle each. Yeah, I've been doing Dungeons and Dragons, um, but 
you know, that's like you could do that forever. Forever. Yeah, it's very um, open-ended, isn't it, comparatively? Yeah, this yeah. is like the first time, I mean, apart from like normal acting stuff where it's like you start a story and you end it. Um, and yeah. that is stressful. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's. It, I mean, yeah, I overall... Thoroughly enjoyed the process. Yes, yeah, cool. we we did uh, to peel back the the curtain a bit, which we've done before. Uh, it was three days worth, twelve hours of recording, something like that. That yeah. was cut mm-hmm. down into ten and a bit. About so we actually bit, yeah. didn't chop much in the end. Well, a couple of hours out of the recording, a decent easy. amount, you yeah. know, yeah. over the course of probably ten just more. Um, um, what's five plus five? <laughs> there was a fair amount of, of, of cutting of roles and stuff, yeah. sure, and looking things up, uh, and just me saying um a lot. <laughs> that hit the cutting room floor. What about you, Chris? My favorite moment. Oh, well, just, how do you how do you feel about, you about general Chris our, thoughts? Our first uh, um, role playing tabletop role playing cast. I I always enjoy um, Phil when you run games. Oh, uh, it's thanks. always it's always oh. a pleasure to have you run a game for me, which is a lot of fun, or to be a player in one of your games. Um, so that's always fun, and it was really fun uh, role playing with um, <laughs> Ellen and Sean uh, because they're new, and this has always been fun um, because. Uh, when you role play for a long time, you get used to kind of conventions mm. and their actions were often, uh, I'm sure, Phil, you can talk to this as well. Um, Why are you you're doing kind that? of scrambling. Um, yeah, there was a little bit of that. <laughs> yeah, but like, you know, uh, it, that's a lot of fun. Mm. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. So, it's unpredictable. Yeah. Really yeah. is, uh, you know, I mean, our company's baby beard, but it's Baby's first Baby. cyberpunk. Yeah, Baby's I mean, first yeah. roleplay. There was a lot of firsts, right? So it's our first, our first foray into into doing this kind of content. Yeah. Um, none of us have played Cyberpunk 2020 before. No. Um, none of us played together. I mean, yeah, I know that's that that's like, like, first time as a group. Yeah, yeah. Sean and Phil point, play D and D, but we have, uh, apart from recording and making content um, with our podcast together, we have not. Sat down and done a campaign of, no, of some sort. Well, Phil, Phil and it I started out. Well. <laughs> yeah. we, we didn't start playing DT till like six months after we uh, finished recording. Yeah, Cyberpunk that's right. Yeah, I mean, like we that. played one session together before that. Yeah, uh, and and Chris and I've run a game for Chris before. Um, but yeah, that I mean, was about two months of a game. I think that you ran yes. for me, and that was a com- that was also like a, a self contained story as well. Yeah. We, we finished a campaign, Dark Heresy. Is, yeah, it was a Dark Heresy story. It was a really it's a really cool little module I worked off actually. And I do really like, as you mentioned, Ellen. I really like that idea of of having. It sounds a bit weird, but having the freedom to have a beginning, a middle, and an end. Yeah, you know, and structure a story in a more traditional way rather than just kind of this never-ending, open-ended thing where you just have to keep hooking people back in. It definitely in, yeah. adds tension, but that's a great yeah. thing because I think... I know, I know there's a lot of Dungeons & Dragons podcasts out mm-hmm. there that people really like, but for me, I'm just like, why? They, should, they could just... Just, it's just like it. it's just. I mean, it's like The Simpsons. It's just like tuning in to see the same characters not really grow or yeah. anything like yeah. that. And having that story, it's like the the stakes are so high because... You know, uh, your character could die, and that's just part of the story. You mm. know, you're you're part of a biggest like. You're not the story. Like the story's not happening because you're here. You're part of a story, and if your character dies, then that was meant to happen. You and know? the story just moves on without exactly. You. Yeah. And it is so unforgiving. It's so brutal, but it's also so wonderful because you can have those big 
moments as a character, you can kind of grow a little bit or change or realize. Mm. Um, well, Chris, you had said as well that like even you talk about cyberpunk being a particularly brutal affair. <laughs> isn't isn't didn't you say, Chris, that Mike Pondsmith is particularly noted as being I've quite mentioned a, that. Yeah, yeah you well, said that yeah. quite a brutal game master in himself, a referee, as it were. He would just mess you up if he needs to. I think there's actually art in one of the books where it's Mike's Mike's character insert um, uh, putting acid above a door. Oh God! Like, like as a trap, like as a Christ. cheeky trap. A cheeky trap. <laughs> cheeky. That is not what cheap. I would I call cheeky. <laughs> oh. oh, sorry. Because yeah, you won't have a cheek anymore. <laughs> <laughs> bit of acid, bit of acid. Oh, 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 boys oh, oh. will be boys. <laughs> um, isn't no, he no, known a cheeky trap? Yeah. <laughs> isn't he known for like doing doing like one thing that was recorded and he like literally killed off someone in the first twenty minutes oh. or something? I certainly remember. I think it was IGN or um, yeah. one of those large media um, outlets did a game with Mike, and he was just like. Uh, he set up this beautiful world. He had all these wonderful characters who were interconnected. And like the first thing that happens in it is like as a automatic machine gun bullets hail like through the windows. <laughs> and everyone hits the deck. Grenades get thrown in. Oh flashbags get thrown in. And it's like it just fucking kicks off. And it was wow. super violent. Great. And I was like, whoa, okay. Wow. <laughs> I mean, that's that's an interesting point because we I, I kind of quite consciously after you guys gave me your characters quite consciously try to make a campaign that was a little bit kind of less violent it was a bit lower on the violence yeah. obviously there well, are, would have lasted as long for starters yeah i mean there are some there there are some violent moments yeah. obviously and some moments of physical danger but the characters aren't they're not killers well, they're, they're not it, assassins it's they're not interesting solos. like none of us presented you with those solos kind of, like no. none of us are giving you arnie you know or, mm. or tom cruise kind of action heroes we're like these are kind of characters who still live in the world and have to deal with other yeah. realities as well as it is incredibly dangerous and you have to like you know you have to Make these songs and and <laughs> and um, you know performance shit, but you also might <laughs> fucking die if you don't you know. If you talk to the wrong person. Yeah, on the if you street. don't rumble in an alleyway. So it's yeah, like yeah, yeah. I, I I think that's kind of cool about what we were drawn to was kind mm. of you know it, well, uh, yeah. I was gonna say because um, basically uh, spoilers for a future <laughs> season of uh, Roll to Cast. <gasps> I may be dipping my toes into the uh, the uh, the GM's chair, right? Yes. As it were, yes. and as such, I asked Phil. I said, "Can I please have a look at your campaign folder just to see how it's kind of made up, and just mm-hmm. to see what goes into it?" And it's surprisingly. Here's a cool fact: a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact: you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. 
less is written down there than I thought would be. Mm. Like, they're just, just I, I think, I don't know if anyone else would be, but I was quite shocked by how much was just you rolling with the punches and you, you clearly hadn't gone, they will get here, then I'm going to kill off Chris, then I'm going to kill, like, you know I mean? like <laughs> a lot of it was just like, they're going to, I'm going to try to get them here and then once that happens, all bets are off. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. so... Um, uh, we had a Facebook post a short while ago uh, where where we invited some people to ask questions about how I'd put the the campaign together and how I GM'd, and we'll talk a little bit about more about this when when Chris and I sit down. Um, but someone was asking about how how do you how do you get through a scene where you know there's multiple chances for characters to fail, and like do you make a tree of all the decisions of like oh if they fail this this happens or if they pass this happens, and, and basically my answer was no, <laughs> not at all. I, I set up the situation and I'm, I I work out what the obstacles are really clearly in my mind, and then I I just sort of see what the players do with those obstacles mm. and and react. And if I know the situation well enough, I can, I can react. And it's, it's much more about that for me is is to, is to get, make a world that's realised and then set you loose in it, which is scary a lot of the time. But you're very cooperative. <laughs> <laughs> that's the other thing, right? We're working amongst people who we know, and yeah. we're all working towards the same goal. There's no that guy in our group who is gonna derail the campaign <laughs> for their own aggrandizement you know yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> wait till the next season um but yeah the other, that's i wanted to seg that into like more of a wider conversation is there anything at this juncture now it's all wrapped up i can clear up for you about the background plot about how it was put together about what you expected me you to do or is what is the biggest thing we did that differed from what you expected us to do or what you hoped we would do. I bet it's not going to be anything groundbreaking. I bet it's going to be some stupid shit that you're like, guys, we shouldn't waste a full fucking day on getting Bob a suit. That is a really big one. Yeah. yeah. I did not. I expected you to just go straight to Emily yeah. and be like, hey, we're us. We're here. What do you need from us? I really didn't expect you to dress Bob up. And, and really early on. It was really it was good, though. because makeover. <laughs> It was character stuff, right? And it was that really early low-stack stuff to build the characters and get people familiar with them, which was really, like, it was a gift. It was a real big gift to me as an editor and a storyteller. But, yeah, no, I had no, all of that stuff was off the cuff. I had no fucking idea that you guys would go shopping. <laughs> uh, killing killing the tails and, and doing it that way. I was like, oh, they're just going to try and shake them or... Or, nope. or report back or confront them. Whatever. No, you just, just ambush yeah. them and just ambush them and just kill them, which is, is I mean, I should have expected cyberpunk. It's yeah. a very direct way of dealing with your issues. <laughs> um, yeah, they, they think those are the two two major points. Um, I have a little bit of a regret about how I handled what I gave Bob to do. And so the whole thing with Conrad was a little bit improvised right. as well. So, yeah. yeah. Because that was Chris going, oh, I, I want to find a contact. I want to know if there's someone yeah. well, that I he, can speak to. He's coming at it like a bit laterally as well. Because mm. like we do have the heist, which is we're all working towards mm. that. And that's kind of like where all the meat is, right? Mm. But then he he's a media. So he's got kind of other ways of yeah. getting, getting uh, to it. I guess, uh, uh, Chris... Um, what I had planned, what I think in, in retrospect, what I think I should have done for you is ask you to build hype much more than, than like send a message over the 
broadcast network. Do you know what I mean? Ah, uh, yes, yes. So, yeah. like, yeah, well, you would have been I on the radio every day saying, guys, you better tune in on, on Friday. Right, yeah. Stuff's going to happen. It's time to rise up. And we go down the, the revolutionary thing. And then when Cassie appears on primetime TV and overtakes the signal, there's riots in the street because everyone sees mm. it as, mm. like, Bob's got everyone yeah. riled up, ready to go. So I think that might have been a bit more fun for you. What do you think about I, that? I think it was probably... Um, I think you were actually on the right track in the first instance, whereas unwrapping the conspiracy. But I think it was, and this is like lifting behind the jams kind of screen a little bit. Um, I think it was, uh, my character was statted towards socializing mm. contacts and the roles that we were doing were uh, tech based, which is like the media character can swing one of those two ways. Mm. And that was it. Like, I think uh, like the narrative that you'd written was, like perfect and i think was right and had i succeeded on those roles um it would have kicked along and done well um but i was just not statted for that that sort of encounter Mm. well Um, what it means is is there's kind of mysteries remain mm. at the end about what exactly the thing is and i quite like that yeah Yeah. speaking of mystery i have a question (laughs) because i've got my answer for this but for both cassie and for uncle bob is there any aspect of your backstory or an objective or something that never came up in the season and could have that never came up or you never got to explore or never got to reveal um i guess that's especially for bob and myself as well since we died Um, (laughs) yeah uh i i have one uh bob had a brother oh yeah i read that is his name bobbert please (laughs) i'm asking for a friend brother bob uh no uh yeah, I think I think that was it. Um, both of them grew up in the the gang um, that they encountered in like episode six or eight. I can't remember. The exactly Fagans, when. yeah, yeah. Uh, and then uh, that was it. Do you, I, uh, other than that, Bob was a very simple character. Yeah. Do you um, think there would have been? Was, yeah. Oh, sorry, you go. No, go ahead. Go ahead. Well, do you think there would have been an opportunity to bring in that kind of element? Do you think is there an element of like? oh, man, I, I wish I could have had, you know, just like a conversation with my brother or is it more just like here's an element of my backstory that probably never would have come up, but it's nice for me to know. Um, I think, I mean, it's really up to, it was just a gift for Phil to kind of mm. fuck with me a bit if he wanted to. <laughs> yeah. um, you know, it, it would have been great to have, um, you know, a security guard um uh, at one of the corps, just be the brother oh, and yeah. Bob and him, him recognize each other. Oh, um, maybe they've got guns trained on each other. Maybe they're trying to help each other out or or stop each other. You know, it, those sorts of narrative yeah. options are always fun. Yeah, um, I mean, yeah. I, I love having those sort of gifts in the in the backstory. You don't always get a chance to work everything in, but knowing that those resources are there. So I, I ran with the the other kind of gift. I actually address this. It, in the episode and it stayed in which is uh, me talking about how the Fagans were an invention yeah. of Chris and I, I then I took that and was like let's let's work them into a scene yeah. and let's use that relationship and that was really <gasps> really so lovely gift from Bob's backstory bored the birth of Squirt, Squirt. Squirt yes. fan favourite yes. I don't care if he's not a fan favourite he's, <laughs> he's, fav- he's a favourite with us <laughs> the players I've got to say for myself the whole thing that was left out was Junk's motivation behind well, everything. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. That must be big because now you're 
junk's kind of a secret. Like, yeah. is this is this even something you want to kind of reveal? Yeah, I mean, how do you or? feel about that? We know. Yeah. Do I, you? I don't know if you I know. I don't fucking know. Yeah, if you I, don't know. Nice I have no idea. <laughs> if you dropped Emily, that's would have what would have happened next. And I was doing a bit of a thought experiment with this. Interesting. So basically, uh, you know, I'll, I'll bring it up because I mean, yeah. if people want to explore this like later, we can if there's ever a prequel. Um, uh, but so Junk's real name is Marcus Macellan, and he was part of a, a crime a crime family in Night City. And basically, his brother ended up betraying the entire family. One of his parents died. All of them had to go in exile. But before. Uh, the parents went into exile. They used the last bit of their wealth to kind of reinvent Marcus as Junk, a fixer in Night City. Sure. Um, but basically, the long story short is that Junk finds out that his brother is actually a high-rising official in Arasaka. Um, yeah, so he's used his he used his betrayal to get a leg up in Arasaka. Right. Yeah. Um, and so Junk's whole thing is he is getting the um, the sirens call. To then present it to Arasaka. So, he was never going to give it. He was never going to give it to any to of you guys. To anyone, including, wow. the, including Duchess. the Duchess. Yeah. yeah. In hopes just to get fucking close, close enough to his, close to to his, his brother. brother. Yeah. So, so w- what? what's the angle there, though? Is that re- it, revenge? Like, revenge. It's so, Junk's story would have just been a revenge story. And to bring his... Be- Get his family back out of exile. Right. Yeah. If okay. he can, if he can kind of tie up those loose ends, he can bring them back. Yeah. That's why he said to um, he said to uh, I know what it's worth. Uh, like I know what family is worth. Yeah. Like yeah. He, I laid that in a yeah. couple of times. I assumed it that's had his to. Motivation, I, I, yeah. I thought it might be protecting family, mm. or mm. you know, like you you got to deal with the Duchess or something like that. I had no fucking clue what I was going to do with that. <laughs> so, the bit, the bit you probably heard it now, the bit where you guys asked you to leave the room. Yeah. Um, he basically, he has a contact in Arasaka and, and calls them up through his kind of history and, and asks them, you know, you know, can I, can you get Arasaka to get me out of the building? Yeah. And they're like, well, Arasaka's going in there anyway. And he's like, what, don't they trust me? And he's their contingency plan. So, what mm. might have happened is like he... He takes the case. The soldiers corner you, and he just walks across to their side, and he's Ooh. like, "Sorry, guys, this is my ride. Yeah. I'm leaving." Yeah. And you're all just like, "Fuck!" And then what? we die. <laughs> <laughs> and then and then Arasaka just kill you. Yeah. And then Junk gets to to walk away. Everyone hates Junk. It would have been a really different, really shocking. It's really ending. interesting. Just and this is the fun part of role playing, I guess. Yeah. But like, it's literally, but for the grace of God, or like, but yeah. for the roll of a die. Yeah, well, that's add right. Bob into that well, mix. What would have happened if Bob, if Bob was, was in the still hive? there? Or, yeah, or, yeah, you know, yeah. like if all of us had died and Bob had lived. Like, it's kind <laughs> of like interesting. Like Bob's kind of story is about truth. Junks is about revenge, and I think Cass is about hope. And it's like yeah. really yeah, interesting yeah. that like you're there just kind of seeing which one's going to kind of win out or yeah. if they're going to merge or, you know, if we get a bit of bit of all of them. Mm. Like, that's, that's fucking magic, man. Because it's important <laughs> to note as well, Phil, uh, Mr. Mr. Referee, did not fudge roles. No, not, no, not, no. I do, I do, I fudge it in some games. I, I will freely admit I fudge in some tabletop games. I fudge a lot more in D&D than I, but I, I made a conscious decision not to fudge at all during yeah. this. Um to me, especially if you're given the title of referee, you are an independent arbiter of the rules and it's not up to you to to alter things as you see fit. It's actually up to you to just let the dice fall where they may. Yeah, yeah. And I think Cyberpunk's built and benefits 
from approaching it that way. I think so, yeah. Now, I want to talk about some of the best moments from the show as, <laughs> as uh, you know, rather than us going, oh, these are all the best bits. We put out a little call uh, only today, but a few people got back to us and we just want to, want to see what they, what the audience really liked about the season. Phil, do you so. have the Facebook ones there? Uh, I'm Phil. Are you talking to Chris? Uh, Chris, do you have the Facebook ones there? <laughs> Uh, if yes. not, I do. But I figured oh, you're, you're the Facebook, okay. no, you're you the Facebook baby. <laughs> You've got them straight uh, away. Okay. Uh, I'll I've got f- a picture of uh, Mike Pondsmith putting a um, <laughs> bucket of acid on a door. <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic. Okie dokie. So, we call that Exhibit A. <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's get all of these, all of these comments, all these lovely comments. So, as far as favourite moments is concerned, uh, Matt Haywood from Facebook says, "The boys and their antics dealing with the DMS tales." <laughs> we'll start with that. I mm-hmm. love that he said their antics, yeah. not shooting them, <laughs> <laughs> just, just leaping out Murdering. from behind a corner. I mean, just fucking killing them, oh, stomping on their heads. <laughs> Gotta say the very first time chris is when you and me kind of had our weird opposing kind of ideologies and then we get cornered by dms i remember it just became this weird dynamic where when that first introduction between the two of us and we talk about how oh this and this and you fast talk the shit out of me i was so in the room yeah yeah. i was so frustrated Mm. i'm like fuck this guy Fuck Bob. <laughs> and, but then we kind of bond through But then you're like, violence. fuck Bob. Yeah. Well, you work out, you kind of, you reach the same conclusion just by different means, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, that's one of the most shocking moments for me, Chris, was when you very, and you, you, you buried the lead really well and you, you kind of hid from me even what you were doing when you walked up to the car, you knock on the window, he rolls it down and then... Bang! Shoot him in the head. It was just a masterful bit of role playing, managing to surprise even even you would referee. I think that was part of it was setting up that scene because I mean th- this is the weird thing about what we do in this instance is um, it's a performance as mm-hmm. much as it is like we're playing a role playing game. Like it's performative playing a role playing mm. game. Yeah. So like you have to set the scene and you kind of you know so yeah that was a lot of fun um kind of getting the jump on that guy and going and i was waiting for you to kind of clock i remember (laughs) during during that scene i was like okay i'll walk up to this guy and i'm looking at you and nodding and you're like okay Uh okay uh i'm like great i'll keep pushing pushing. here we go bang and um that was a lot of fun yeah speaking of jumping yeah also matt haywood says cassie's expert skills of seduction <laughs> with possibly the highest fucking role of the entire campaign. I think it might have been. I think yeah. so. Yeah. Definitely for me. It was what, like 47? Did you, did you explode 40, the 48. die twice? 48. I think, I think, I think it you was ex- twice, I think you it? exploded twice, yeah. yeah. It exploded yeah. twice. Fuck. Yeah. Yeah. And that is so... <laughs> so, <laughs> so just like out of nothing, I'm like, here's a character, you know, it's it's part of the rocker vibe. Like it's, mm. it's something and, and here's a woman that like, and also, like props, props to Phil for like creating this wonderful character. <laughs> Thank you. Well, because like first I was like, oh, this will be fun, whatever. But then I fell in love with her. <laughs> like it's it's not. I'm not. I'm a little bit joking, but mostly I'm not. Like yeah. when she died, I was. De- you genuinely upset. I was yeah, devastated, yeah. and like after we finished and wrapped it all up, I had a little bit of a cry yeah. because it was just like. <laughs> 
Why are you laughing at me? Can you can you make uh, Ellen cry a little bit more by revealing something about Amelie oh, that uh, people don't know about? Um, this is a um, shout out to the Neon Garden who said, um, uh, "So sad to see my favorite lesbian couple torn apart." Oh. And, I, and I said, "I wanted to share this little extra fact with her to make her cry as much as I did." So you you tell it. What, what is the extra fact? Sorry. Um, well, because I I think it was after the playthrough that I said. What would have happened if Emily stayed alive? Like, yeah. would have. Oh, w- she was w- totally going back to the punk life. She yeah. was ditching the corporate world. She has a heart of glass. Yeah. So she f- really falls in love with people really quickly. Yeah. So that kind of an aspect that you really brought out of her character, <laughs> which I really liked. And it was just so lovely that that, that role was a bit of chance. Mm. Um, but. What it ended up being was the foundation of a intercharacter relationship, well, yeah. which was great for storytelling and great for the for the finale. But so yeah, I think she would have ridden off with with Cass with and Cass and maybe gone back to the how? way that she was. Right? There's now- not enough room on that bike. It's like the Titanic. <laughs> <I've>, <laughs> We're very. Petite. There's a little sidecar. <laughs> yeah. Cass but, is tiny. Yeah, but it's just it, that that really kind of. That whole yeah relationship for me as a player was just nuts because I'm like here's here's the thing and you know I'm trying to play it and and remembering my own character but now it's like now I've got this other character's story that I want to mm-hmm. entangle into mine and <laughs> cool um, and Paul Hawkins also on Facebook says to be honest the moment with Uncle Bob was such a great beat in the show and I think, I think he means all... the final beat <laughs> the fi- <laughs> Uncle Bob's final Heart beat in the show yeah. yeah. <laughs> Uh, Chris, do you want to do you want to field that one? Um, I mean, I think everyone everyone knows it. Um, I when the episode went live, uh, a lot of people who know me, who are listeners, um, sent me messages, saying, <laughs> um, direct messages, being like, "Oh my god, I can't believe he's condolences." Dead. <laughs> um, lots of just tear gifts, yeah. basically, just people crying. Um, it was it was rough. Um, but I think in the recording, right, right? you hear it um, where I go, that's eight to the head. And you go, yeah, that's uh, that's a limb. And I go, oh. <sighs> Lose and head. it just kind of like there's a second <laughs> where it, it takes a beat for me to, to clock it. It is kind of like I re-listened to that episode today. It is sickening. Like it's like I remember feeling just my stomach lurch in the room, but it's so... That I think that feeling is really well conveyed. Like when I listen to it, I feel almost all the same emotions that I did here playing it. So it's nice to know that it's, mm. it's as stressful <laughs> as For tense, but also so us. emotionally like rewarding yeah. for people yeah, yeah. listening that I can like that, that silence and just going. And I think after I think up, we a, just there go was silence. Fuck. And I think my exact r- response was what? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You shout, and there's just there's like a lot of off mic noises from us because we are just we're people fucking can, blown away. People can die. Yeah, I mean it's such a pleasurable shock, though, right? It's like a it's like a, um, a Game of Thrones, right? Yeah. It's one of the things that really drew people in early on was the fact their favorite characters could drop dead in any given episode, and that just makes you invest in their success a little bit more. Mm. Um, and I, I think I, it's, that's really beautiful. I also think that it was really, like, it couldn't have been anyone else that early. I was the more 
experienced role player and so we'd had <laughs> some adventures um as a trio we'd gone on like we'd gone um into the combat zone we'd gone into kind of like the corporate world um we'd all we'd done some like actions together we'd done some actions against each other um and at about the right place where people are taking on characters are taking on their own autonomy and like their own goals are really kicking in um it's the right time for the experienced role player to to have their character killed. Mm. Um, yeah, it was fun. It's the right time. S- <laughs> speaking of Uncle Bob, uh, Jeffrey Smith on Twitter says that his favorite moment is, I'm here to pickle your brains. Oh, that was so good. You can't write that shit. <laughs> no, you can't. It just, just pops out. It's the doesn't perfect it? Freudian slip. And just- I, I mean, I, I have to commend... You, Chris, uh, uh, as I have done several times over the last few months, your <laughs> characterization of Bob was incredible, uh, and I think it's it's no wonder that people resonated with that character and yeah. really enjoyed that character um, because you embodied him, and he had his he had a very distinct and unique voice, which I don't know how you pulled off without damaging your vocal cords. <laughs> Um, I don't know either. I yeah. actually tried to go back to the Uncle Bob. Voice yeah, we recently. tried it. We tried it for a it for a little voiceover, and you couldn't do it. I hurt, well, I could do it. It just yeah. hurt like a bitch. Um, <laughs> you weren't you weren't being Bob to the uh, same extent, maybe. It's method yeah, acting. Yeah, you wasn't lived I need, in. I needed more sugar in my system. You wanted that's, more smash. Oh, that's the little secret for the people listening at home who want to do an Uncle hey, Bob impression. Hey, Chris, um, drink lots of sugar. Yeah, what's up? Try try Bob now. See if it hurts. No, he's sick. He's sick. Oh, he sick. is too. Yeah, I can't. <laughs> no, 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 I just have some sugar. Uh, all right, so so it's one of these, right? So it's a bit of the, the old Uncle Bob. I mean, this is all right, I guess. Like the uh, part of it is like, uh, you know, there's a hesitation and nervousness where. He, Kind of collects his thoughts, uh, thoughts, his brain uh, pictures, and uh, you know he puts them into a sequence of um, sentences. How's that? How's that? <laughs> you you um, dying? Thoughts you... okay, actually. It's okay, Maybe all right. Cool. It's like Maybe. a little, like a little celebrity. It's like we've just met a celebrity. I know. Like, yeah, <laughs> feel chuffed. <laughs> well, thanks, thanks. Oh, to... hold on. I got to role play Bob a little bit more. Um, oh, okay. Get a you. click, click, oh, bang no. noise for, and I'll just blow my head backwards oh, a bit. Please oh. no. <laughs> Haven't That's we rough. suffered enough? That's rough. Yeah. So thank you to everyone who who not only responded to that stuff, but also has has responded all the way through the season. Um, that's been really wonderful. Um, and and just speaking for myself, I think uh, one of the things that surprised me so much about making this is the, the level of response it's had from yeah. people. Um, you know, around those moments, like Bob's final episode, uh, we got a lot of those crying gifts yeah. uh, on our Twitter feed as well. Um, and and big shout out to Artel Saurian Games getting behind it, um, saying yeah. some really amazing things around the finale and oh. around early on as well about saying you know how they believed in the quality of of the podcast and and um, the quality of the performances uh i just i just want to make sure that everyone out there knows how how grateful we are yeah for that and and what people have, have reflected back to back to us because it's given us so much energy to keep keep doing this it's amazing to to think that these characters and this story that we made might you know live on like other people might want to roleplay our characters yeah. and um there was a tweet from artelsorian games where they it was just kind of in the world of cyberpunk and and talking about 
uh, Cassie playing like a um, secret gig. Yeah. And I was just like, oh, fuck. Like, what? What do you mean? What do you mean you're saying that? Yeah. Actual creators of the game. They're they're, like Cassie's canon to them. Yeah. Yeah. It's It's so cool. It's that's just. It's truly like you feel starstruck. You just feel like, oh my god! Like it's it's part of this bigger thing now, um, and that's you know been largely part to how much people have kind of latched on and and um, you know interacted with us as well, which has been mm. really great. Uh, the um, timing's it, right. Cyberpunk's more relevant than ever. You know, people are really into it because it comes out. The game's coming yeah. out in four months as well. Well, yeah, that and just look at look at Hong Kong. Yeah, it is. It's cyberpunk. You, yep. you, these people running across rooftops with bows and arrows and gas gas masks on. Yeah. And, and you can't gluing trust bricks to the street. It looks like a scene from Akira. Yeah. And like any government. Yeah, it's just fresh, like, yeah. I mean, we have a much more genteel version, but I think that's what the allure of cyberpunk is, mm. is that in the world of cyberpunk, there are punks like taking it to the street and, mm. and, you know, revolting and, uh, but also the more revolutionary thing, living their fucking lives, like living mm. their druids and, and doing that kind of thing, whereas now our kind of corporate assimilation is is so much more nicer. It's like, oh, we'll take all your details, but that just means you don't have to fill out forms. And we're like, yes, please. <laughs> well, well, speaking of the dark future, um, oh, I want to I want to look ahead now um, as we get towards the end of this. Um, so, uh, quick question for you about. Uh, what you've learned from the experience and what you what you bring to season two that you you learned from doing season one. Mine's very easy. <laughs> um, it took. I never felt right with Junk mm-hmm. in the way I characterized him. I I just never felt like I gave enough thought to the character before we started. Mm-hmm. Um, and I really regretted that because it, through the process, like it came good in the end, and it, mm. and, but I feel like it could have done better, and I could have felt I should have just done more prep work and imaginative work for myself and being really clear on who that character was. So when it came forth for season two, I was super clear yeah. on who my yeah. character is, yeah, what, yeah, yeah. who the character was, what, what he want, sounded like, yeah. what he wanted, yeah. and so that I could improvise in character more consistently. Cool. Mm. Yeah. Chris? Oh, um, I learned... Well, for, for those who aren't aware, season two um, is... I'm the dungeon master, I'm the storyteller, I'm running the game. Um, so a lot of that was uh, learning from Phil how to create scenes where players can perform, uh, hmm. where yeah. where there's space for them to improvise, where there's space for them to show their characterization um, without being um, too railroady, but also um, being aware of how much I needed to describe uh, with words. Um, on a podcast setting, um, I'm a DM who typically describes kind of with gesture. Like I tend to like <laughs> use my hands. I'm like, you know, it's like, and you've got one thing on that side and you've got something on that side. And there's like, you know, you can see the thing ahead of you. And like, I'm r- doing it right now with my hands. Um, and if those listening, they're like, what the, I have no frame of reference for what this guy's describing. So yeah. that was something that I instantly became like, oh shit, I'm going to have to like be really particular about how I describe scenes and all of that. Um, That was a big learning experience for me. I was even like uh, re-listening to, I can't remember which episode, but 
uh, Phil, you have a kind of you ha- you describe basically the professor and Cass ha- sharing looks, <laughs> yes. and it's us just being like, oh, and the professor is giving a look like, are you okay with this? And, and, <laughs> and you and can look like, <laughs> I like, think it's all right actually. <laughs> yeah, like it's it's the shit like that you don't you you don't think about until you suddenly need to um, make it very clear to people who are listening. <laughs> yes, that's <laughs> what right. is actually happening. What was what's yours? Don't fall in love. You're an idiot. And it'll only break your heart. Um, that's really interesting because now I feel like a dumbass because I don't know that I took away any big questions. Because I was perfect. <laughs> no, not perfect. But like that thing that you said, like not quite feeling in character, like that. Well, but but both of these characters were kind of like extensions of myself. Mm. So there's a kind of interesting playing of like, um, you know, what's the character? What's me? Uh, and I don't think that in either of them, I, uh, well, for one thing, I'm, I'm not cool. It was really fun to be a cool person. <laughs> um, but yeah, that kind of harsh divide um, was not, it's more of a gray line with both of those mm. characters. And I think, you know, in role playing more and more, I'd like to kind of experiment mo- more with making characters that are completely outside of myself. Yeah, season sure. three. Whoa! Season three. Season three is going to be a bit of a shift in time, which I think is really great. Yeah. Um, uh, we we're not ready to sort of reveal what's happening. No, right not yet. yet. But yeah. um, uh, we but people do know that the vampire is coming up next. So yeah, um, I, I guess I'll say what what I learned as well. Yeah, <laughs> pretty oh, good yes. too. Yeah. Um, no one asked you. <laughs> yeah, no one cares. <laughs> no. Um, mine's to do with with DMing as well, um, uh, storytelling. Because as I said, I've never done a performance as a, for performance before, and it it changes a lot. Mm. Um, and I think one of the things I would do is probably simplify a little bit the the overall kind of task there was a little bit of at the beginning there was a little bit of a um it was a little bit unclear about wns and dms and who's going where and who wants what we spent about an hour i think getting out and yeah. we ended up spending a lot of time trying to actually just make it clear to you and if i just simplified that whole setup it would have it would have thrown you guys into the world a lot better and just you would have felt more comfortable hitting the ground running. Yeah. Right. And I would have supported you guys as players a lot more and supported your performance a lot more. Uh, it, you know, in a, in a, um, it wouldn't have mattered so much if we weren't recording it because we can take as long as you want to just be like, okay, here's the setup. I haven't explained it very well. I'll make it so you understand. Yeah. But this, the audience doesn't want to listen to that. It just puts massive stop on it. So I actually had to do a lot, do a lot of editing a- around that um, in the end to make it make sense to the audience. Mm. So that's definitely something that that I would change. I was a little bit too ambitious as, you know, the keep it simple stupid mm. principle is what I is what I should have stuck to. Yeah. I am um, on that on on that vein, I actually as a little surprise, I cannot remember what this is by the way. So I haven't I haven't verified this. Um I extrapolated because I I um Phil was the editor for most of um the season bar one episode completely, yeah. which was edited by me. Yeah, I um, had some I had yeah, some some bad stuff happen in my life, so Sean helped me out there. Um and I, through that time, I was trying to look back and just try and find certain clips for the um, previously. Mm. And I came across a nugget that I know got cut. Mm. And I just wanted to, to reveal yeah, it. Yeah. Um, I can't remember what this is for the life of me. So, it could be woefully inappropriate. What actually ha- happens? What's that? Oh, you can't remember what the ad no, is? No, I can't remember. I have no oh clue. <laughs> I just put it you in just a folder. know that it got cut. It says post-season clips. So, I was meant <laughs> okay. to play this out. Here we go. Now, if you don't mind my asking, what the hell are you planning Sure you want to know? Oh, just a bit of professional curiosity. 
Breaking into the WNS building is not the wisest course of action. You're a family man, aren't you, Trig? That's right. I wouldn't do it if I didn't have a choice. Not sure how those two things are related, but uh, <laughs> you do you, John. Actually, you know what? That wasn't something that was cut. That was actually in it. I just thought, oh, man, that's like a burn, but at the same time, that's the total motivation that for my character. So I loved it. But, but the, like, I knew that. Yeah. But, but Trigger doesn't. Trigger yeah. has no fucking clue what you're talking about. so fucking hilarious. You do you, man. That's, okay. But that's so much of cyberpunk. Everyone's doing their own their fucking own thing, weird yeah. thing where Bob's like, I'm living in a dumpster. I'm drinking Smash. That and we just have that to sounds go. Sounds like my usual like Wednesday <laughs> night. <laughs> it's a weekend, but you know, like n- normally people would be like, "What do you? What? What do you mean?" It's just kind of like, well, that's just how it is. It's like New York, but more fucked up, where yeah. people just don't give a fuck because whatever they're doing is more interesting. It's like the whole world is New York. <laughs> um, so uh, a few people have asked us that uh, what what's kind of going to happen uh, with Rollercast in the future with the cyberpunk story and these characters, are we going to revisit it? Is there going to be more stories here? Um, and and look, I, I want to address this. It's kind of hard to say at this point. We definitely want to return um, to the world of cyberpunk. I think it's a good fit for us. Mm. But Cyberpunk Red's coming out next year in full. The jump starter kit's out, but we really want to get into the full meat of it. Yeah. Um, but that's also set kind of 40 years in the future after Cyberpunk 2020, so or 20 years, It I was think. like 20, 30 years. 20, 30 we, you years. Could so would there's that, some ideas. Would, would that have the same characters? And we've, we started discussing about that. And then yeah, Sean... Yeah, it has Bob and John. <laughs> Bob and John. But, but Sean has... Extremely the, deceased. Sean's floated the idea of maybe doing a sequel in 2020 world mm. and, and exploring some of the origins of these characters. It's hard to say. We want to come back to it. But also for myself, I, I would really want to... DM something else. I love all kinds of different role-playing games. Yeah. Uh, there are so many good ones out there. We want to kind of what we want to do with Roll to Cast is is showcase all sorts of yeah. different games and what's good about them and 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 how they play differently and and what kind of different stories you can achieve with them. Yeah. Um. And on that, I I, I guess I haven't really warned Chris, but I'm going to handball over to him to give us a little bit of a little bit of hype about what's coming up. What's to come without giving out too much away. Without giving too much away, well, I can tell people what the game will be, Vampire mm-hmm. the Masquerade. And uh, we've got it set in the uh, city of Adelaide, where we actually live. Um, so it's going to be a world of vampires, darkness, blood, uh, conspiracy, conspiracy, mystery, um, paranoia, intrigue, uh, the occult... All sorts. It's going to be yeah. um, dark it's a, it's and fun. It's a comedy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's a fantastic system. It's one that the system itself I'm not super familiar with, but the setting I know really well. Um, so it's going to be a lot of fun. And I think, um, you know, judging from what... Well, you know, what about you guys? You guys played in it. <laughs> what did you guys think? Uh, it was the most stressful good time I've ever had in my life. Yeah. yeah. It's definitely... I mean, I feel... Maybe just role playing makes me stressed, but um, the tone is so pervasive yeah. through that whole thing. It's definitely you can dri- thank Chris for that as well. It's, yeah. it's <laughs> dripping with horror. It's yeah. 
every kind of corner has some horrible thing lurking and and even if it doesn't it might and i think that's just going to be really fun well i mean fun for the listeners to kind of just hook into something completely and now completely different it's, mm. it's like it's to give you like to in two lines to express what playing vampire with chris was like a lot of conversations would go like this sean is that thing there chris I don't know, is it? <laughs> <laughs> Why don't you get closer? No! <laughs> and you're like, well, I, I open the door then. You open the, the door. door. <laughs> and inside oh. is. And we're like, oh! It's a lot of groaning. It sounds, it, it it's a lot of <laughs> <laughs> sounds obnoxious, but it works no. really and well. There it's- was at least one recording day I know where we were recording. and Because we, we recorded in my room where you have a... Natural sunlight coming in, and I just remember just got darker and darker (laughs) and darker. We're still playing, still playing. It's fucking freaky, man. Yeah, Yeah. that that wasn't the sunset, that was my natural DM. (laughs) I I wouldn't be surprised. I I have to say, uh, you're a really masterful storyteller. This this world, you it's so clear that you've inhabited it for a long time, and and you not not just that you're familiar with it, but you get what it's about and you get what the themes are. And I was, I'm, I was just speaking from a personal perspective. I, I, I get a bit, a little bit nervous around vampire stuff because it's not really my wheelhouse. Mm. I, I, I find it can really easily slip into sort of a cringiness or a, like a, it gets melodramatic and overplayed, perhaps. You know, those are my fears and anxieties yeah. around it. But from the moment we began, that that those fears evaporate because you have a real core understanding about what what makes vampire interesting and what makes it unique um uh, rather than the surface trappings you know you know what 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 it what it's about at its core and that makes it really gratifying to play and and for for people that have come to us purely from a cyberpunk 2020 background like your interest in our podcast mm. has been because we're playing your game the game that we're familiar with Super encourage you to like jump along. Like part of kind of the ethos for role to cast is, as you said, Phil, like exploring different role playing systems and seeing what that does. So you know, if you did come and you're kind of maybe a bit apprehensive, like cyberpunk is your deal and that's the media you're consuming, like you know, follow along, like mm. see what it's about. Even mm. if, especially for those that like myself had no idea about the law or the rules, it's not really necessary that you're you know the system, you know everything, like. Come along for the story. You'll pick it up. Yeah. yeah. And remember, we're just as new to it yeah. as you guys are. Yeah, that's so right. Yeah. You get to kind of experience this fresh with us. And, you know, it, it's a real joy um, and a pleasure to be able to experience these things for the first time so brilliantly. Mm. Like, like you know, the world of cyberpunk and, and the world of Vampire the Masquerade, like playing in them has just been so it, – it's – it's not a toy box because it's like it's like we're the dolls and we're literally <laughs> but we're literally inside of it and you can just feel like the beating heart of both of those games and those worlds and so it's made playing it just kind of easy because we're reacting in real all, time all the, and the cold dead unbeating heart in well, the case yeah, of yeah. but, um, w- so when is when can our audience hope to get the first taste of blood Ooh. i can give you an exact date um and we will be let's see let's get my little calendar up here sorry i don't have it like off the top of my head um so because you're listening to this episode on the 7th uh we go one 
we begin our foray into vampire on ooh in 2020 oh yes <gasps> january the 4th How funny. Or for americans uh january the 3rd um for australians january the 4th and for England, I don't know. Whatever. I don't know, a time. Whenever it arrives to you on <laughs> ship. <laughs> so, yeah, there's a little bit of a wait time between now and then. Um, but new year, new game, new podcast. It's going to be great. In the meantime, you'll be hearing a little bit more from us about our perspectives on role-playing games, um, both from, from Chris and I as, as DMs and from, uh, from Ellen and Sean as performance as well. Yes, and another special thing that if you've probably heard us announce it somewhere, but if you haven't, ooh, you might just have to wait and find out. Dun, dun, dun. But thanks for joining us uh, for this. Um, and we hope we'll see you next season. Check out our Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook because we have uh, some photos coming out very soon of mm. season two. Mm-hmm. Um, Sean, right. Phil, and Ellen have... Um, bent to my will i've told them to um <laughs> <laughs> i've told them to dress up and they're actors so they did you're a director us, right didn't, so. have to, didn't have to tell us twice <laughs> <laughs> and so they are in character for season two so if you want to get a quick uh, uh an early like a uh, look at what these characters would look like um check out the instagram twitter and facebook in the next coming uh, week or two um is there anything else that we need to talk about I don't oh, think so. Can try, oh. try and uh, t- suggest us things for new games. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, please do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. We, we've got a few in, in our head, but, you know, similar to, like, you know, when we first started Roll to Cast, we just, we didn't know until uh, Phil said Cyberpunk, and then we went, that's perfect. Yeah. That's yeah. exactly it. And, like, think of a whole breadth of genre. Like, you know, I'm really interested. I keep, this game isn't fucking out yet, but, like, if there's a magical girl role play <laughs> out there that I don't know about, please oh, yeah. let me we know. We can play that. Yeah, like, yeah totally. This yeah. One. We, we, we can really, play one. We, I'll we run one. Pretty much do almost anything. Yeah. yeah. I'd yeah. say. Anything. <laughs> so just hit us with those suggestions uh, and, and come chat to us. We'd love to hear from you. So... Um, that's it. That's it from us. That's it from for going mainstream. Thanks for Yay! coming on this journey with us. It's been incredible. Um, we'll see you uh, in Adelaide. F- uh, for, for in the world of darkness. In the world yeah. of darkness. <laughs> and uh, I've been Phil. Oh, oh, here we go. Yeah. Until you see us next time, I've been Kevin Morse. <gasps> I have been Isabelle Dumont. I've been Professor Vincent Masters. And I am the sadist who put them through (laughs) hell in the world of darkness. (laughs) Bye. Bye. I should have done an Uncle Bob as the last thing. You should have. I'm I'm, I'm, I'm Uncle Bob. uh, And I'm a dungeon master for Vampire uh, the Masquerade. You have been listening to Going Mainstream, which is a Roll to Cast production. The best way to find us is on Twitter, Discord, and our Patreon. All our podcasts are on Acast, Spotify, YouTube, and all good podcatchers. You can support us on Patreon at patreon.com forward slash Roll to Cast. Cyberpunk 2020 and all associated properties are trademark of our Telsorian games. Used with permission.
Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.